I just, before we get into the word, I just wanted to say, um, I have no dog in the fight today, and uh, just praying for a good game. Anybody else with me? You're just praying for a good game. I'm, actually, I'm not literally praying for a I could care less, honestly. I'm, I'm more praying for wings. <laughs> Come on, somebody, and some blue cheese. So. Anyways, that's all I'm praying for. Hey, have you ever thought this, that, or considered this, that your life really is the culmination of patterns? Um, some people, you may call them routines, but really what you're living right now, um, where you are in life, they're the culmination of patterns. Where you are financially is the culmination and the result of financial patterns in your life. Where you are physically is the result of physical eating patterns, exercising patterns. Like where you are in relationships, it's the result of patterns. Somebody shout patterns. And, and we all have them, right? We all have patterns. You have a morning pattern, do you not? Like you don't even have, your brain doesn't even, even need to engage. For some of you, you're like, you wake up, you walk, like you could walk down to your coffee pot. Come on, somebody, without, with your eyes closed. Somebody could blindfold you. Like you got a morning pattern. Some of you, is, uh, come on, parents of small children, I'm, I'm still in that stage. You got a pattern, right? You, you, you hear those footsteps? <laughs> Dear God, like this morning, I'm like, son, I've got to preach. You pick that little three-year-old back up and go, you're going back in the crib. <laughs> this morning, I told him to lay down. He just set up with that hair all over. If y'all seen a picture with him, it's like down to here now with his passing. And he goes, I don't want to. <laughs> and I was like, well, you can sit there, but you are not getting out yet. Come on, you got school patterns, right? Like you, you go, you know, when you get off the bus or, or you, you get, you know, your mom and dad drops you off or maybe you're driving to school, like you got a pattern. You go straight to this locker, you go and buy and say hi to this friend. You got work patterns, right? Like you get to work and you have, kind of have a routine. You, have a, you don't even have to be that OCD. Like you just got a pattern because life is made up of patterns, is it not? I wanna take it a little bit deeper though in this that you have patterns in your life um, in things that are deeper than just routines. Like we all have a pattern when it comes to relational conflict. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Come on, right there in Richmond, all the way down to Richmond, say amen this morning. Like you have patterns. Some of you, it, it's, it's a default routine that you go to. Some of you, it's run away from it. That's how you learn to deal with it. It's the default pattern that you have. And so you just run away from the conflict. Some of you, you like run to it. Like you're, you're like, you know, you're like, there's a cop car and a fire truck on the road and that's you. You're like going right to it. Like, like why is everybody slowing down? Like, are y'all following me? Like you have, you have internal patterns, thought patterns. We talked about your thinking last week, but you have default patterns. You have default patterns when someone hits a, a button for you, something that causes you to get hot on the inside. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, we all have patterns. The pattern I wanna to talk to you about today because I think it's one that can keep you from moving forward this year. And it is, what is your pattern when you're offended? What is the pattern? What is your default reactionary pattern? What is, what is the one, two, three step that you automatically go to whenever you're offended? Because here's the reality you're not gonna be able to live life without being offended. The question is, what will you do when you are? You won't get through life. Whether you, maybe you're here and you're like, I don't even 
know if I believe in Jesus, I you're gonna be offended. You're gonna read something, someone's gonna post something, someone's gonna say something, someone's not gonna say something when they should have said something. Like there's gonna be a reason. Matter of fact, Jesus said it like this in Luke 17, one. Even the Bible recognizes this. It says, offenses will, somebody say that word with me, will what? Bank on it. Now, this is encouraging, Pastor. I'm gonna help you, right? Like, bank on it. Offenses will certainly come. You are gonna have an opportunity to be offended. You're gonna have an opportunity for someone to cut you off, someone to not respond to someone, someone to even deeper, more painful, someone to walk out on you, someone to stab you in the back, someone that you thought was a friend, not there for you when you needed a friend. You're gonna have an opportunity to offend, be offended. And so the question is, what is your pattern? Because we all have one. We all have one. So I wanna give you three real practical um, patterns not to have. If you're with me, say amen. amen. And then I'm gonna give you four that I think will help you not live stuck in offense. Because here's the deal, you won't move forward this year if you're stuck in offense. Because the kingdom of God and life is built relationally. And if you can't move forward relational, you will not move forward this year. Are you ready for it? All right, three, three things that not to do. Number one is this, not, not pattern is not blow up. That's not the good pattern to have, right? The Bible says this in Romans 12, nine, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God, like God will take care of it. And, and so our, our, our first response, and I, I know for some of us, that is the first response. It's, it's like someone offends you and it's your, it's your like, I'm gonna give them a piece of my mind. I'm gonna go, are y'all, some of y'all looking so spiritual, like, no, it's not my first response. Well, it is mine sometimes, I'll just tell you that. Like, I'm ready to apply the, you know, my hand to them in the name of not Jesus. In the name of Daniel, are you, come on, y'all with me? Like, but that, but God's like, no, no, no. You respond well. You, you have a right pattern. I'll take care of it. And some of us, that's the default pattern we've learned. And and we'll get to it in a moment. But honestly, that default pattern is really, uh, it's it's really covering a more vulnerable emotion that's happening on the inside of you at the moment. And so instead of dealing with the real emotion that is at the bottom of it, you just blow up to deal with the surface thing and it is a protective mechanism, and you learned it through a pattern, you learned it through a father, you learned it through an experience, and now it becomes your default pattern. Just like you could wake up and walk to the coffee pot without looking, when someone offends you, it's almost pattern, it's, it's instinctive that you just like, Rah! and you know that the back end of that, it doesn't work. But you continue to do it because it's the pattern. Somebody shout pattern. Number two pattern that, that it's not the pattern we want, it's not guess what. Also sounds a little bit like gossip. Oh, y'all don't want me to preach this morning? <laughs> the Bible says this in Romans, a perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. Did you catch that? That's strong language from Proverbs. The wisest man that ever lived the book of Solomon, written by, the book, by Solomon, the book of Proverbs, a perverse individual stirs up. I thought perverse was just like people that looked at nudie pictures. 
I'm from Tennessee, y'all. It's just, that's what my mind goes immediately to like people, I picture people in East Tennessee where I grew up. I'm sorry. No, the Bible says a perverse person stirs up dissension. In other words, a, it, you ever had someone come up to you and go, guess what? They're, they're not trying to resolve anything. They're not trying to reconcile anything. They're, they're not trying to mend things. They're, they're just wanting to, to spread. They're wanting to stir dissension. They're, they're wanting to sow gossip into situations. And the Bible says that is a perversion. Matthew 18, 15 says this. It says, if another believer sins against you, go, somebody shout the next word. Come on, say it again, go. Go privately, don't go to Facebook. Don't go to your dream team. Don't, <laughs> I'm, we're gonna move forward this year, everybody. Don't go to the comment section. Don't go to your mom in them. Can I, can I just give a little marriage advice? Every time your spouse offends you, if you go to your parents, you are painting a picture of your spouse that is not helpful to the relationship. Are y'all following me? Go privately and point out the offense. Don't go to guess what. Hey, guess what? What? Well, just guess, I want you to guess. The sky's blue. I hate that game, by the way. I'm just like, I, got, I don't have enough time. I just need to get to, like, don't play the, are y'all following me? My kids do me, they're like, guess what, Dad? I'm like, I don't know, just tell me. Like, like we're busy here. <laughs> Come on, John. Okay, all the parents said, amen, all right. Did you know it, the Bible says that there are um, seven things that God hates, and number seven is an abomination to him? It's stirring division among the family of God. The guess what is an abomination to God. But when you're offended, man, you, you, you wanna go, you wanna go rally the pity party. You wanna go rally other people to your offense. It's human nature. It's the pattern. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't lead to anything helpful in your life. And so I'm not gonna blow up, I'm not gonna guess what, but also I'm not gonna, number three, it's not so what. Look at this in Jeremiah chapter six. This is fascinating to me. My people are broken, shattered, and they put on band-aids saying, listen to this, it's not so bad. You'll be just fine. But things are not just fine. So, so I'm not saying that you just stuff it either. Are you following me? It's not so what? It's not like, well, that didn't bother me. I'm fine. Yeah, we can tell by your response. I'm good. Don't talk about it. So, so it's, not, it's not ignore it either. That's not the solution either. It's not just everything is roses and everything is, is fine in my life. It's not that either. But, but it's also not, I'm gonna blow up. Are, are y'all with me this morning? I'm not gonna blow up and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just go spread a division and disunity and, and gossip all around. I'm gonna actually go to the person that can, that can deal with it and can bring a solution to the situation. And, but I'm also not gonna ignore it in my life. It's not so what. Hebrews says it this way. It says, watch out that no bitterness takes root among you for as it springs up, it causes deep trouble hurting many 
in their spiritual lives. If it's going to be your best year yet, it's going to be your best spiritual year yet. And offense is something that affects your spiritual life. It doesn't just affect the relationship between you and somebody else. It just doesn't injure that relationship. It affects you spiritually. It, it takes root. It, it begins to spread. It begins to bear fruit in all the different areas of your life. Offense begins to, to blur and begins to filter every relationship in your life. You think it's just you and that one person, but it's actually you and everybody around you. So these are three patterns we don't want. So I'm going to give you four patterns we do. If you're with me, say amen. Four, four things I want you to, to know about offense and, and begin to apply in your life. Number one is this. We have to realize it affects our relationship with God. Listen to me. This is why it's such a big deal. Offense affects your relationship with God. I just thought it was that person that I was mad at. I just thought it was my cousin I didn't want to see anymore. I just thought, no, no, no. I just thought it was that coworker that I, I kind of, you know, I get hot whenever I see them walk into the office. Like they, they just, they get under my skin. No, no, it affects your relationship with God. Like it's that big of a deal. The Bible says this in Luke chapter six, read along with me. It says, do not judge others and God will not judge you. Do not condemn others and God will not condemn you. Forgive others and God will forgive you. Listen to this, the measure, everybody shout measure. The measure you use for others is the one that God will use for you. The measure you use for others. So if you want to give a teaspoon out, God's like, great, I got a teaspoon in the drawer. If you want to give a cup out, he's like, cool, I got a cup in the drawer too. Are y'all with me? So if I'm going to measure, if I'm going to withhold forgiveness, I'm going to measure. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about um, your home in heaven. You, that is not based on your works. That's based on the grace and the goodness of God. Thank Jesus for that. It's not, I'm talking about though this relationship, this moving forward, this growing spiritually, this this connectedness to God. God's like, hey, there are some things that become be barriers that can that can kind of clog up the pipeline and the flow between our relationship. And one of those is when you hold a fence and whatever you measure out, that's what I'll measure back. So my question today is what are you measuring out? Because it's affecting your relationship with God, not just your relationship with others. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Number two is the pattern I'm gonna put in is that I'm gonna acknowledge my hurts. I'm not gonna ignore what happens in my life, but I'm gonna acknowledge that there's, there's hurts in my life. It's a good pattern. It's not a good pattern to stuff. Are you with me? This isn't your counseling session. This is the word of God, all right? Um, maybe you need one. I don't know. They'd be helpful. But, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna acknowledge my hurts. Why, why? Because look at, look at what Psalm says about it. It says, so I kept very quiet, but I became even more upset. I became very angry inside, and as I thought about it, my anger burned. Because what happens? Whenever I don't acknowledge the offense, whenever I don't, I don't for a moment go, okay, I'm hurt, I'm offended, um, that didn't feel great. The more that I push that down and try to ignore it, the more I 
ruminate on it. You know what ruminating is? If you don't know, if you grew up in the city, ruminating is what a cow does when it chews its food. Y'all want me to walk you through this? I'd be happy to. I grew around, I found around fun. They, they, they chew the grass, they, they chew it. Are you following me? They digest it into one stomach, then they regurgitate it back into their mouth. Some of y'all are just awake now. <laughs> then they chew on it some more, and then they swallow it again, and then through that stomach, they digest it. Are y'all with me saying that? This is what some of us do with our thoughts, and when we do that with our thoughts, that's what it turns into in our mouth. Because we stuff it and we, we don't address it and we don't acknowledge it so that God can heal it. And so we just chew on it and chew on it and chew on it. And what was a little just like, like they, they spoke wrong, they, they didn't, they, they, it was a total mistake, it's now turned into a broken relationship. Because I didn't just take a moment to least acknowledge. I didn't take a moment to just deal with it. And now I'm fuming and now it's steaming on the inside of me. And now I don't talk to people. And now I, I, I lost relationship. And now I don't show up at family gatherings. And, and I switched to campus so I didn't have to walk into that person. And it's not what God wants for your life. It's not the pattern. Matter of fact, James tells us this, that therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. Do you notice that James doesn't say confess your sins to God to find healing? It is a big distinction that you've got to understand. He doesn't say confess to God and you'll find healing. 1 John 1, 9 says, confess your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all his righteousness. But he says, I need to get around some people and open up about what is happening on the inside of me for me to find healing. This is why you need to get all in. It's why you need to find yourself on a dream team. Find yourself in community. Why? Because you need some people around you that you can take the mask off of and you can go, listen, I am really off at this person right, I'm not gonna say that in church, at this person right here because of what they did or what they said or when they didn't show up or how they betrayed me or how they offended me. You've gotta have some people like that in your life. Why? Because if not, you'll stuff the hurt and you'll stuff the hurt and you'll stuff the hurt and then all of a sudden you're divorced and you don't know why. It's because something exploded on the inside of you because you just stuffed the thing from your parent. You stuffed the thing from the coworker and you never acknowledged it and you never spoke it so you never got healed from it and now you're bleeding on people that never cut you because you never acknowledge the hurt this is why our small groups are so important not so you get get puffed up and know every doctrinal truth I think it's wonderful I love studying doctrine but you can have all the knowledge in the world and be deeply wounded. Get both, get in a group, get in community where you can take the mask off and go, I haven't talked to so-and-so in five years and here's why. And I'm deeply injured by this. Are you with me? 
It's where you find healing. James says you got to talk to people. You got to confess the bitterness. You got to confess the woundedness. You got to confess that anger. That's where you're going to get whole. That's where you're going to get healed. You with me? Say amen. amen. Number three is pray. Oh, this one is a tough one, y'all. I'm going to tell you, you may want to turn your ears off. You may just want to be like, nope, I didn't hear that one today. Matthew 5, verse 43 says this, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies, and come on, everybody say it with me, and pray for those who persecute you. You mean you want me to pray for that person? Yeah, it's hard to keep an offended heart when you're praying for somebody. It's hard to keep an offended heart. I'm not saying I do it every time, and I know you're surprised, but along the 17 years, I've received some criticism. I know it's hard to believe, but once or twice throughout the 17 years, there's been some critics and trolls on Facebook and, you know, the such. And I'm not saying I do it every time, but there's, there's been times I felt my heart get to it an unhealthy place. And you know what's drug it out of that unhealthy place? God, I pray you bless them. I pray the favor of God rests. I pray their children prosper in everything that they do. I pray. Are y'all following me? It's hard. I'm not saying that's easy, but it is hard to keep an offended heart when you're praying good things over people. When you're praying faith over people. When you're praying God's hand over people and blessing over people. It's hard to keep an offended heart. That's why the Bible tells us, pray for those who persecute you. Why? Not so much for them as it is for you. I love this verse in Ephesians. It says, and do not sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. How are you going to keep anger from controlling you? Pray for them. Pastor, you don't know what they did. I know. You don't know the pain. You're right, I don't. But I do know you shouldn't let a momentary event trap you for the rest of your life. And the way you start to get the grip of the trap off of your life is you realize this is affecting me and God. And you ain't worth that. It's going, I'm going to create a new pattern. God, this is affecting me and you. I'm going to acknowledge my hurt. I'm only going to acknowledge my hurt. I'm going to pray for them. Because I don't want anger to have a foothold in my life. And then, number the final one, you ready? Final one is this. It's I'm going to deal with the root. Remember a moment ago I said, that the blowing up or the guess what or the so what is really a, a covering uh, for, a, for a more real thing that's happening underneath? Were y'all listening? Okay, great. <laughs> when I asked the question, I really want the answer back. But I was like, that, that's like a, the blow up, the so what, the guess what, all that is like, 
I'm acting out of emotion that really is a covering emotion for something that is, that is deeper happening in my life. And I want to show you what that is, and it's this. If you're ready, I want you to write this down. And we'll deal with the root, and here really is the root. It's rejection. Most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, when you're offended, it's because on some level you're feeling rejected. You as a person is feeling rejected. Your thought is feeling rejected. What you bring to the table is feeling rejected. What you wanted to say is being rejected. On some level, some way, it's that the root is rejection. And rejection, instead of addressing that, creates all these other sinful responses that keep us trapped. Anger. Bitterness. We say things that we wish we could put back in our mouth. We give the cold shoulder. We cut people off. And what really is underneath all that is I'm hurting with rejection and rejection is springing up as sin and sin is affecting me and God. I just feel like I exposed the enemy for you. The devil wants you to feel this rejection so that you respond in all the wrong ways so it affects your connection with your heavenly father. See, what, this is what happens. The Bible describes it. It has all the answers for our life. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. But I didn't think bitterness, I, that was just me. It's just me. I'm just affecting. No, you're captive to sin. Sin is affecting you and God. And so is it worth holding on to the offense? Is it worth it to live that way? Is it worth it to keep your mind like angry at them and reliving the thing? And every time you run into them and you see their at Target, you bounce the other way. Keep you captive to sin. And so what do we do? Well, Acts 3.19 says it. It says we repent, then turn to God so that your sins will be wiped away. And look at this, and times of refreshing come from the Lord. Come on, some of us need some times of refreshing to come from the Lord. Come on, do you believe that? You need times of refreshing. So I want you to move forward this year, but you're not gonna move forward if you are trapped in offense. And I don't know what your pattern is, and we all have them. We all have a default pattern that we go to, and sometimes that pattern is just blow up. It doesn't take you where you need to go. It's not gonna move you forward. And sometimes the, the pattern is, guess what? And you wanna go let everybody in your world know, and it sows division and disunity and breaks apart families and it injures relationships. And sometimes it's so what, and it's just like, I'll just stuff, it doesn't bother me. I'm Teflon, nothing gets on me. None of those lead you where God wants to take you. So we're going to create a new pattern. We're going to acknowledge this offense is affecting me and God. And because it is, I'm going to acknowledge it. And we'll talk to somebody. I'm going to pray. Not only am I going to pray, but I'm going to deal with the root. And I'm going to give it to God. And when I do, guess what he's promised you? Times of refreshing come from the Lord.
Come on, do you receive the word today? Is that a helpful? Some of you today, the forgiveness you need to receive is the forgiveness that Jesus offers. That you've never allowed that forgiveness to really flood your soul. And today, I want to give you the opportunity to receive that. The Bible says that we've all sinned, and that's not a condemning statement. It's the reality of the human condition, and that because of that, we're in need of a Savior, and that's why Jesus came. He didn't come to start religion. He came to offer you relationship with your heavenly Father. And some of you have thought, Pastor, you, you don't know the things I've done. You, I'm so far outside of the reach of God's grace and God's mercy, and I'm just here to tell you today that you're not, and that you can receive forgiveness and wholeness in your soul and in your spirit, and you can have a brand new beginning today, and we want to give you the opportunity to receive that. We don't end any service without giving you the opportunity to have that forgiveness, to make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And so today, if that's your desire, if you're God speaking to you, if you'd say, Pastor, I know in my heart that I need that fresh start. I need that new beginning today. I want to give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. We're going to pray together as a church. But before we do that, we just want to know who we're praying with. I want to know our campus pastors would love to know. No one's going to come to you. We wouldn't point you out. We just want to know who we're praying with today. If you'd say that's me, and I'm on three, I'm going to count to three. I just want you to shoot your hand up high enough and long enough for me to see it. No one looking around. We wouldn't embarrass you for the world. But if that's you, every location, even there in the chat, you can just indicate that. You, you shoot your hand up when I count to three. One, two, three. You just shoot it up high enough, long enough. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. You can put it down. I want you to pray this out loud with me, church, all of us praying together for the benefit of those who just lift their hand. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for those who took that step today. Hey, we hope today's message spoke to your situation and was helpful to your life. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We're posting new content every week. And also, if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can click the link below. You know, it's thanks to the generosity of people like you that we're able to meet the needs of people all over the world. So thank you for making a difference and helping deliver this message to the people that need it most. And thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you soon.